And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse uh, Super Bowl special. <laughs> I mean, I mean the Super Bowl is on as we're recording this, but Matt and I don't really give a fuck about football. We care about the trailers, but you know, it's only 10 o'clock as we do this and not many of them are aired yet. <laughs> now, oh, well, I'll, I've seen a fair few of them. We, we saw obviously the Han Solo one, the Infinity War one, that weird one where the rock has to like save a building from exploding. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just his everyday life? <laughs> something like that. He's got to punch the building until it gives up or something. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's got to punch as many buildings as he can. He's got to get that out of his system for when he inevitably runs for president in 2020. That's true. That's true. Because <laughs> apparently they don't let you punch buildings when you're president. <laughs> no, you just drop nukes on them. You just drop nukes on to which I'm sure Dwayne Johnson would be like, look, what if you drop me the most electrifying <laughs> politician in U.S. history? What if you drop me on the building and then we'll see what happens? <laughs> sure, whatever you say, President Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> It's all, it's all, it's all you, buddy. So yeah, this, this was a weird week for news and just like, you know, content in general for the show. Cause you know, it was, uh, it was an annual week yeah. is what it was or, or cause you know, it's getting near the end of the month there. Not everything came out. So we got a little to talk about. We'll do that. We got a little news. And if we need to, I asked a bunch of fans and they were nice enough to pitch questions. Awesome. Awesome. Although, hilariously, most of the fans who pitched questions pitched questions to stuff we were just going to talk about anyway. So even <laughs> if we don't get to your question, take solace knowing we talked about what you wanted to talk about. <laughs> and I guess starting things off here, we have... Oh, it was the first thing I put on this thing. Oh, yeah, so not not long after we did the show last week, uh, the trailer dropped for Ant-Man and Wasp. It did. It was kind of surprising as well, especially since Fair. we have like Black Panther coming out and then Infinity War. This yeah, is still yeah, a little way away. <laughs> it is, and you know, and I'm glad this trailer came out to remind people, like, hey, don't sleep on Ant-Man, everybody. Ant-Man was actually pretty solid, and they look to be growing it in really interesting ways for the sequel. Yeah, it, yeah, they, they play up the whole fact that obviously he was a big part of Civil War. He was uh, on the run after that, and that's how he is in this movie. He's like under house arrest or something. He's got the ankle bracelet on and yep. everything. It's it's really nice that uh, that Wash. She's like, so you know, I, I had a suit and everything, right? And uh, and you didn't invite me to go to the big fight <laughs> at the airport. Little uh, little 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 little, little nip that you didn't invite me. I mean, my my suit has wings and I shoot repulsor blasts and everything. I'm not saying I'm better than you, but I'm probably better than you. <laughs> that was good. Also, we saw we got our first glimpse of the villain for the movie. I forgot that they had cast the ghost for this and the friggin ghost is going to be the villain yeah the ghost they've changed it they made it made her female yeah i mean i don't think anyone's going to be crying any tears for you know the loss of whatever oh, the dude those, ghost did. those two ghost fans are, 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 are shocked <laughs> are shocked. they're shocked shocked and appalled <laughs> They, they, they might end up just, you know, friggin' boycotting the whole Enterprise. I think it makes sense to have the ghost, because obviously in the comics, the ghost is a super thief and, you know, corporate saboteur kind of makes him like a nice dark mirror to uh, both Wasp and Ant-Man. Yeah, 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 C kind of, yeah, like a an anti-Ant-Man, like he's everything that Scott Lang, or she's everything that Scott Lang yeah. isn't. Exactly. In terms of and being a criminal. Two, yeah, and I mean, plus, too, having the ghost, they could have a really great reveal in there to be like, oh, the ghost was only working for someone else. Yeah, I have a feeling that they'll probably be doing that. 
I know a lot of people pitched a funny idea there where it's like, ooh, wouldn't it be fun if he was working for Justin Hammer? That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty yeah, cool. Our, our buddy Sal was pitching that, and I'm like, yes, please bring Sam Rockwell back into these movies. That would be nice. Yeah. Also, in the first Ant-Man, one of those guys that originally were, was like part of that original S.H.I.E.L.D. team with Peggy and everything, that bad mm-hmm. guy, he got away. So he could be That's coming right. back. That's right, he did too. Yeah, what's the what's the current state of Hydra in the movies? That would be something. Yeah, that would be something to do. I know. I keep pitching the idea. I really, really want the Ghost to be stealing parts for Ultron. I really want them to be like, oh, let's rebuild Ultron in these movies as an Ant Man villain. That'd be pretty cool. Kind of bridge the gap between those franchises. But I mean, all in all, it just looks really cool, really funny. They're doing a lot of fun stuff with the shrinking. I love that in this trailer, uh, what is it? Pim shrinks down his entire building to take it with him. And in Flash this week, they also shrink down a building. Yeah, yeah and people were fine with the Flash one, but like went batshit insane over this Ant Man one. I have no idea why. People are weird sometimes. Also, I can only assume that, you know, the price of Hello Kitty Pez dispensers went up <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of dollars on eBay after the trailer aired. Oh, definitely. And they're, they're going to be making bigger ones that you can throw at people and motorcycles. Oh. and. <laughs> oh, oh, I want one. Matt, I think I know what our field trip is going to be for this year, the Comic Multiverse field trip. Just throwing big, giant Pez dispensers at oncoming bikers. <laughs> Hey, you know they have a big outlaw biker festival every year in Sturgis. Let's go there and throw Pez dispensers oh, at. I'm, I'm sure, sure they'll th- love that. <laughs> I'm sure they'll love it. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. <laughs> and in the news today, two comic nerds got fucking curb stomped <laughs> by a bunch of burly bikers for throwing Hello Kitty Pez dispensers at them. <laughs> and the Darwin Award goes to... Uh, but, but the movie did it and there was no consequences there. <laughs> again i really hope the daughter keeps coming back because you know obviously she got a lot older in between films you're hoping by ant-man 3 we can get some stature going on wouldn't that be fun that'd be pretty cool they might they might hint at it maybe this film they they like building up sort of stuff like that and hinting that her her, she might get sick or something or yeah yeah because she says they're like hey you know dad you need someone to watch your back obviously talking about wasp but in my mind i'm like no you can do it you could watch his back you could be his sidekick it'd be great be great and then you and then you could go and then you could start like a young avengers team that would be cool (laughs) that it would that would be really cool that means we could get kate bishop uh bishop and we could get you know hosea bradley and all those other guys wouldn't that be fun and maybe the young avengers movie will last longer than any young avengers run in the comics ever did that'd be pretty cool did you hear that um uh josiah bradley was meant to be in black panther like patriot was he really was patriot yeah ryan coogler wanted huh. patriot and but they couldn't figure out how to make like him and because right. him and black panther have no real connection they couldn't make yeah. it sort of like fit well, that's the sequel right there for Phase 5 or whatever. We start getting into the Young <laughs> Avengers and start building them up all over the place. Like, Black Panther comes to America and he meets Patriot uh, Hosiah Bradley. That would be fun. That'd be pretty cool. Hey, Mr. T'Challa, sir, I was writing a report on you for school. Can I interview you? Sure. Black Panther <laughs> loves to do interviews. <laughs> hey, can you believe we're going to get Black Panther at the end of the month? Oh, It's like two weeks away. 
Oh yeah, for if I we always do this for you. It's always sooner because <laughs> Australia gets it to make up for all the other horrible bullshit when it comes to releases in Australia. Yeah, it's actually next week as I record Lush. this because I'm on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, tell me all about it, but then I'm like, no, don't tell me all about it. Let me stay in the dark about it until I can see it. <laughs> Man, you think it's probably got a good chance to clean up in February. The last superhero mm. movie that came out in February like this was Deadpool. Yeah, and it's getting like really good reviews and everything. Yeah. Good reviews, no competition. The most pre-sale tickets of any superhero movie to date, dwarfing yep. even the other Marvel movies. Yep. Yeah, it's, it looks like it's going to be big. They're making it into an event. They're making it into something you need to see. And, I mean, I know I'm catching the fever because, uh, what is it, like, Think Geek and uh, Superhero Stuff and all those other places that have, like, superhero clothing and everything. They're like, hey, you get the Black Panther hoodie that looks just like this Iron Man one I'm wearing, but it's Black Panther and everything. It's got the eyes on top and everything. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. And then you could also get the Black Panther high tops. And I'm like, those are sick shoes. I don't I don't <laughs> own any comic book character-related shoes. I feel like I need these. <laughs> I have bad luck buying shoes, though. I have I have very, very broad feet. It's tough for me to buy shoes. I'm like a size 10, but, like, I'm very broad. I don't know what that says about me, that I have broad feet. <laughs> it's hell being Joel, I tell you, sometimes. Can't get shoes that fit. It's the friggin' worst. But, yeah, so, I mean, Ant-Man Wasp should be good. I, I, I hope this one continues yeah. uh, to surprise as a franchise. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been very fun, very different from every other film. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And Paul Rudd, who would have thought Paul Rudd would be like a superhero? I've been saying it forever. I was the, maybe that's why I have such a soft spot for Ant Man because I've been like telling people almost to a weird degree. Where I'm like, no man, Paul Rudd, he's got movie star good looks, but he's funny and everything, and you know, and he can riff and he can improv and everything. Now you you, you got to make him a superhero though. Yeah, but what superhero are you gonna make him though? No one's gonna believe him as Superman or anything. I'm like, well, he could be one of these side heroes. <laughs> I actually think they cast him as the perfect guy. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, they really, they really, really did. And, uh, hey, from one big Disney-owned franchise to another big Disney-owned franchise, the one trailer we did get to see uh, during the Super Bowl, we got about 50 seconds of Solo, all-new footage, never before seen. We did, and we're getting a trailer, I think, tomorrow. Or like, oh, yeah. are they? Yes, yeah, so like this a full was... trailer or something. Oh, this was just an appetizer. Yeah, yeah. They cram a lot in that 50 seconds, don't they? Oh boy, did they ever! They and the, the the cool thing is it didn't give away anything. It just no, gave, it gave really away did. all these like setup shots and everything. Yeah, I mean, I I know it's kind of uh, what's the word? It's kind of goosh and passe now to admit to liking Star Wars. Apparently, Matt. Apparently, everyone yeah. in nerd culture is supposed to hate Star Wars now for some reason. Yeah, yeah, we're all meant to hate it because the last movie did something wrong. Apparently, I have no idea what or something. I can't track the nerd rage at this point, which I find it even more hilarious that everyone's like, oh, Solo's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a nightmare. They had to switch directors. They had to do this, that, and the other. And then after 15 seconds of footage, this looks amazing. They yeah. said and did all the things I they, want. I'm like... <laughs> they did exactly what, what goddamn Red Letter Media did in that video. They, they, they put did. out like two days ago. They really did. They really called that one. <laughs> Just called, just called it down the frickin' line. And, and you know what? I'm like, is this is this going to be the thing now for Star Wars movie in the future? Because we're going to get one, maybe even two new ones every year now. Mm -hmm. Are people going to piss and moan? It's like, well, yeah, of course we're going to see it, though. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I like all the people saying, I'm never going to see this movie. I'm like, there's no way of knowing you're not going to see it. You're going to go see it. I can't, that's not something I can, like, gauge. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's so, it's so freaking crazy. Yeah, it really, really is. But it looks really now, cool. It does, and it looks very different mm. to the movie I think a lot of people assumed it was going to be. And again, without giving too much away, I kind of had an inside track on this, and it looked like originally they wanted it to be more comedic and more in line with something like Guardians of the Galaxy and more tongue-in-cheek. This trailer did not look tongue-in-cheek at all, did it? No, no, it didn't. It looked like proper, like, like space crime opera mm. sort of thingy. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we, did, we did get one kind of what looked like it could have been a funny scene. Uh, what is it? In, like, the cantina where you had, like, the gold, uh, g- gold singer lady dancing around there. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I wonder... Did, did they actually rework this movie as much as they seem to make it? Or is this just trailer magic making you think it's something it's not? I don't know. That's definitely, there's definitely probably some trailer magic going on. But yeah, some of the stuff looks really cool. I like the idea of like Han on like a, like a work experience day at like some yeah. shitty Imperial outpost. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And you got like that old guy. He's like, oh, being part of the Empire is so cool. It's, you got to change <laughs> the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually a really smart idea, and I hope to see some of that. Where it's like, you know, let's actually see the Empire from the inside, because they're always painted as the villain everywhere else. Let's actually see what it's like to be a cog in this machine. Yeah, and it looks like it might be going that way. And to like kind of like muddy the waters too, and kind of show shades of gray, where it's like, look, not everyone who worked for the Empire was puppy kicking, orphan gassing evil. Some people were just like looking for a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely really cool. We got we got to see um Donald Glover as as Lando Calrissian in his in his fur coat. <laughs> mm, in his pimp coat. That is space <laughs> pimp wear. Billy D agrees. Billy D is okay with that. And we I got think... um, what was that? Or no, I was gonna say go ahead. I was gonna say we got to see the Millennium Falcon as well, but it was all clean and not full of like wookie shit. I wonder, are we going to actually see the, uh, what is it, game of chance that he wins the uh, Falcon in? That would be interesting. I have a feeling we will. Are we going to see him do the castle run in under five parsecs? Probably. I I have a feeling we're going to see the game, mainly because those dice played a big part in The Last Jedi. Indeed they did, which maybe that was them setting up for that. Exactly. That would be very cool. We get get a little glimpse of Chewie, too, so it's like, yeah, hey, we promised Chewie's in here, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we we also get to see what looks to be Han Solo racing, not swoop bike racing, but definitely racing some sort of space vehicle. Yeah, he's like racing like a speeder, but it's, it's really cool because the speeder looks like an old like fifties Cadillac, and I think that's yeah, that's really awesome. That's a nice touch, and again, that's very original Star Wars. That's yeah. very George Lucas, where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm doing, like, Flash Gordon, and I'm doing the old World War II serials, and I'm just taking stuff I like, and I'm spacifying it. Yeah, yeah, it looks so good. Yeah, I, uh, I am excited for this one, and I don't care who knows that. I don't know. <laughs> it, it could suck. I don't know. Maybe they did Frankenstein it together. Maybe making yeah. a Han Solo movie is a bad idea, but you know what? I'm excited to find out about it. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited to find out about it. And, uh, A, from the world of movies to the world of comics, it was announced this week, too, that Marvel Rising Secret Wars, or Secret Warriors, I should say. I always want to say Secret War. Secret Warrior sounds so weird coming out of me. Uh, is going to be getting a comic tie-in to match that brand-new cartoon series they got coming out, and it's going to be aimed exclusively at children, which I think is a good idea. 
Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to read it, so... Yeah, I, I mean, neither am I, probably. I mean, I will give the show a chance, and if the show is good, I will definitely check out the comic, but I mean, it's like, hey, it's not for me, it's meant to children, which, big ups to Marvel for trying to get some children to read some stuff for a change. Again, it's like, you know, you have all these super profitable characters, you make all this TV animation, maybe, maybe like once or twice at the end of one of your Disney XD shows, you should be like, hey kids, you want to follow the further adventures of Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel and Quake from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., fucking read these on your pad that we know you have, kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to, go to your parents' wallet, take five or ten dollars, take the e-bus, <laughs> go down to the comic book store and meet a man named Jose, and he will sell you some comic books. Is <laughs> what you should do. Because, again, like, I, I know I've railed on this one before, and you've probably heard me say this, you know, I think a lot of the problems that are affecting comic books right now is that they lost out on a whole generation to manga for the simple reason of comic books were nowhere kids could buy them. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. Hidden away in a special store, and as we're seeing right now in 2018, oh, oh, the store model is not sustainable at all. In fact, more and more stores are closing every day because of this, <laughs> and oh... And I, I'm seeing like like shops that wouldn't usually carry comics carrying comics now, like just yes. like like chain like department mm-hmm. stores and stuff like that. I'd never seen them in there before, and now they've got like racks of them and stuff. And that's the way it should really be. I mean, like, look, look, look no further than the longevity of Archie comics for crying out loud. Archie never left drugstores and newsstands and grocery stores, and because of that, Archie has always remained profitable and has always remained culturally relevant, even when he wasn't. Yep, yep. Which is shocking to think, hey, Superman, Spider-Man, X-Men, Avengers, characters that have maintained for, like, upwards of 75 years, what you really should have been doing is listening to Archie. Archie (laughs) knew the way all along. (laughs) Archie knew how to play the ball. Archie Archie knew how the game was played. <laughs> and then maybe one day you too can have a shitty CW show. <laughs> like, I don't watch that Riverdale show, but people tell me every so often what's going on. And I'm like, you're so fucking full of shit. That's not real. <laughs> it's it's literally like, like, like CW the show. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a there's like a gang of teens and everything, and there's like devil sacrifices and like sex with Miss Grundy. I'm like, fuck off, that's not real. You're lying. Stop lying. <laughs> and then like I'll go to the Wikipedia page, like, oh my god, they're not lying. And then like I'll hear something that actually sounds kind of fun, where it's like, oh, you know, Josie and the Pussycats played the dance, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. They're like bringing together all the other uh, things in like that shared uh, Hanna Barbera esque universe. But then I'm like, oh no, but it's CW, so I'm sure it's gonna suck. It's not gonna be the Josie and the Pussycats I want. Yeah, and I think they're also doing like like another spinoff, which is which is like a Sabrina the Teenage Witch spinoff or something. I heard that. Which is gonna be CW fired, of course. Uh, I was I was gonna say, is that them doing it? Because I remember hearing rumors. Maybe it fell through that like Netflix wanted to do like a My Life with Sabrina series, where it's like, hey, it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. But all the magic is, like, super real and, like, super dark and everything, like that comic they did. Like, think, Afterlife with Archie. I think it'll be in the same universe, because I know, I know, like, at least here in Australia, Netflix puts out Riverdale. Mm, so yeah, they might have, a, like, a hand... I think they might have a hand in the actual show, so, yeah. Okay. Here in Canada, they also put out Black Lightning on Netflix. I think they same. do everywhere else in the... 
Yeah. Twitch, I'm just like, you know, well, why why don't they have an ink or a deal inked with all the other CW shows? Yeah. I would love to just go to Netflix and be like, okay, now I can watch Flash and Black Lightning and Legends all back to back. Exactly. That'd be really good. But now you've got to make it difficult. It's, it's probably because those other shows are older and they probably didn't have near as good a chance to make those deals back then when the shows were untested. Now yeah. now they're a worthwhile brand. Now Netflix is like, you're fucking right, we want this. Yeah, yeah. Have, uh, have you been keeping up with Black Lightning? I've been keeping up with it. I watched the first episode and decided this probably isn't for me. Not for you. It's very, very different. I will yeah. say that. Like, I think it's the fact that it's different that keeps me coming back because he's not really fighting supervillains. He is fighting traditional crime. He is fighting social ills. Uh, Tobias Whale is there in the background, and in the last episode we met one of the other leaders of the 100. It's it's interesting. You know, you could draw a lot of Luke Cage comparisons to it, but I think the thing that actually sets it apart from Luke Cage in a big way is in this one very specific thing, and maybe you'll agree, man, Black Lightning is way harder on cops than Luke Cage was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Because it's like... Because it's like in Luke Cage, it's like, ah, you know, the cops, you know, some are bad, but, you know, but Misty Knight is really good, and you see the police force through her eyes, and she wants to help, and yeah, her partner was corrupt, but he wasn't racist or anything, he just, he just wanted money, and he was so fun, wasn't he? But in Black Lightning, it's like, oh, no, no, the cops are equal parts racist, or they're incompetent, or they're both. Yeah, yeah, every cop on that show is, like, racist. And isn't that, like, one of the first, like, things we see, we're introduced to when we're introduced to the police of the city is, like, them, are, them like, stopping him yep. because he's black and there was, like, a liquor store robbery or something. Yep. Yeah. Even though he's wearing a suit and driving a Range Rover. Yep. But but it's okay, though, Matt, because a Korean woman was being racist because she thought he did it. It's okay. But, no, it's even funnier because, like, as the show goes on, like, Black Lightning's buddy, who's, like, the chief of police, like literally every time something bad happens he goes to him and he's like hey as the Jim Gordon of this show are you going to do something about it and his reaction is always to say ah geez you know I mean Jefferson I'd like to ah, I mean, you know I just I just you know I can't I just ah you know <laughs> and, he, and he never does anything he's amazing I love that character so much because he never does a goddamn thing there's even a moment where it's like oh you know well maybe I'll bend the rules a little bit to get this guy to you know speak up and cop to a crime he committed oh he's, he's already dead he was already murdered shit <laughs> ah you know I guess I guess I'm not gonna do anything ah you know I was gonna but then something <laughs> happened and this is why I don't do anything oh god I, I might like watch it like once the season finishes is it gonna be is yeah. it the usual like length of a season 22 episodes or if they cut it it might be. I don't know. I don't know if they're taking like a wait and see approach for it. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, Matt. Okay. Yeah, but I might it, look it at it once of... it finishes the series. They're also definitely trying to build uh, his daughter Thunder as like a new psychic and everything. Like the fact that they're building her as early as the pilot. I'm like, oh, it, in a way, it almost feels like you wanted to do Thunder more than you wanted to do Black Lightning, and this was like your back door to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, you know, that is a thing. Uh, the next two episodes are already primed, so we're getting it all throughout February, okay. at least. Okay. <laughs> the The next two episodes are called Black Jesus and Aches and Pains. <laughs> and somewhere Aaron Magruder's like, no, my show was Black Jesus. <laughs> Why didn't my show Black Jesus stay on the air? <laughs> It's, it's going to be really interesting with Black Lightning going in the future if it does become a big success, and I think it's being pretty successful so far, how they're going to justify and how they're going to, you know, write it. 
that he can cross over with all the other CW heroes. That's what I was like, like we've said it before. I was really hoping that they would do that because he's an older hero. He could give uh, them some, you know, slap them around the head when they're not doing the right thing. Time. Yeah. It'd be really good. Especially Barry right now. And his show is like, Oh, I got all these marriage problems I'm going through. I'm like, you know who you need to talk to? You need to talk to black lightning. He'll <laughs> set you straight. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, son, you know, marriage is tough and everything. <laughs> Try it when you have two adult uh, children who are running around on you, then then you'll see. <laughs> you don't know the you don't know the shit I've seen. Yeah, this 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 is your future, Barry Allen, <laughs> right here. This is your future. <laughs> uh it, it is fun though with Black Lightning, because he's like, Yeah, I have all these amazing powers, but I also don't have a healing factor, so I can actually get beaten up pretty seriously. Yeah, yeah. The one, the one thing I liked about the pilot is like when he saves his daughter in that that hotel room. She doesn't recognize her own father, despite him only wearing like 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 glasses and like had a voice changer. She didn't like recognize her own father. I I thought the exact same thing. They explained that away in episode two, actually, quite interestingly enough. How's that? Uh, that he's so electrified all the time, he blinds anyone who looks at him for too long. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Sure, fair enough. Because it's like, you know, they, they would always pull the same shit out with Superman, where it's like, no, 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 he's actually radiating himself so quickly with Superman <laughs> super speed. That's why no camera can ever catch his face for too long. I mean, they did that in The Flash as well, where he'd, like, they vibrate did. his face. And that, that made sense. <laughs> Because his thing is super speed with Superman. It's like, wait, so is he always vibrating himself all the time? <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right, because I thought of myself in that same situation. I'm like, look, I think if my dad had electric powers and came to help me wearing nothing but goggles and a face changer, I'd be like, yo, dad, what up? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not your father. You're clearly, I can tell. <laughs> Gotta go, bye. <laughs> And that's even more suspicious, because, like, literally in episode two, people start asking Black Lightning, huh, you know, it's funny, when your daughters went missing, suddenly Black Lightning came out of retirement and helped. How come he never did that all these other years leading up to this? <laughs> so, so the show is at least smart enough to put that together and make it part of the episode, because even he's like, oh, damn, that's right, I, I guess I am fucking up, aren't I? That was really dumb that I did that. <laughs> So, you know, they, they got the good writers on that one. Uh, another piece of news we got here, and this this is a story near and dear to your heart, Matt, so I'm actually going to let you uh, take point on this one because I figure you probably have the most to say. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, we knew he was working for DC. We knew he was going to be writing on the special 1,000th issue of Action Comics, but we didn't know what else he was going to be doing until this week when it finally came out that he is going to actually not only be taking over Superman, not only going to be taking over Action Comics, he's also be, going to be having a Superman miniseries and basically taking on a whole whack of Superman responsibility very soon. Yeah, yeah, so he, he's literally becoming like like the editor of Superman, basically. Um, he is the Superman guy now, y'all. Yeah, and, but it's like... That's totally fine, and I was totally fine with that. And then I like found out what else he's going to be doing. On top of all that, he's going to be launching a new imprint, which will be where all his original stuff goes. So like stuff like um, powers, uh, powers, and all that Scarlet and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. He's going to be launching another one, which is full of new original stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's going to be doing the action comics and Superman books both monthly, so they'll both be coming out yeah. either the same day or like a week apart. Yeah. 
so he's got to have them done uh and then he's got this mini this 12 issue mini series called man of steel mm-hmm. which Jesus. i think will be which i think is going to be a lead into his superman work yeah and uh oh yeah D- did we mention too this is only a couple months after he had a brush with death yeah he almost died not too long ago yes uh, <laughs> jesus <laughs> That's that's a lot of work, and again, the fact that DC is cool with him taking all of this speaks volumes to how much they trust him and how much he almost certainly had to have wowed them to get this much responsibility, given that we are living in probably one of the finest eras of Superman comics in, like, decades. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really sad, though, because I, I really like Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi on the book, and they, they're on the book for, like, 40-odd issues. They were doing mm-hmm. really well book was always on time jurgens too made it yep. look easy he's like motherfucker i've been writing superman before most of you were born I, I i fucking did the death of superman story man this is this is goddamn easy for me yeah so it's like where do they go now what do they do i mean that's that's the real mystery and i'm almost more interested than in that than anything because i think uh as you said gleason and tomasi have proven hey you got a fledgling series we will shoot that shit in the arm yeah, so maybe they'll do that for like some other series around DC. Like, ah, oh, Batman's not doing so hot right now. That's that was the rumor from Bleeding Cool. It's like, well, could they be going to Detective Comics? And I'm like, well, Detective Comics isn't really in trouble. James Tynan's doing a really good job on that book, unless he's needed on something else at the moment. Yeah, well, yeah, well, didn't like Detective just get get Sealy? Didn't didn't they Are just th- switch him? Or was that? No, that, no. Oh, that was Green you're, you're Arrow. Th- Green Arrow, yeah. Yeah, you're th- no, you're thinking of uh, you're thinking of Nightwing. Nightwing, yeah, yeah. Nightwing probably. traded him out for uh, for what's called for Sam Humphreys, which yeah, I am yeah. not liking the new Sam Ham- Humphreys run. No, no, I'm really not. I think he's trying way too hard to get over his new characters, and he basically torpedoed everything Seely did before. And it also looks very much like he didn't read what Seeley wrote before. And it's like the complete opposite on Green Lanterns at the moment where Seeley took over. <laughs> which is so amazing. Like, which makes me feel like, fuck, why did I keep reading Nightwing? I should have just followed Seeley to Green Lanterns <laughs> and just should have started reading that. In fact, I might. Like, here's the thing. I'm like three, four issues into his new Nightwing and I'm not digging it. So I might just make the jump over. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, yeah, it, it would be sad to see those guys go. I know Jurgens in the last arc of Action Comics has been like, hey, wouldn't it be nice if I wrote Booster Gold again? Don't y'all like Booster Gold? Shouldn't I write <laughs> something with Booster Gold? That was like his little backdoor pilot, like, hey, I could still write this character I created. And, <laughs> and if I wrote Booster Gold, it would be just like this. <laughs> hey, hey, here's a pitch for a book, Booster Gold and the Legends of Tomorrow. There, there you go. There you go. Easy. There's, there's... Hey, you could you can even grab a bunch of the characters from uh, the Justice League of America. You could grab all the characters you needed from there because that book's coming to an end soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely you could do that. But yeah, I I'm interested to see what those guys are doing. I'm interested to see what what Bendis is going to be doing in that miniseries because I read the miniseries and that sounded exactly like what went on in like in the Oz effect and everything. Like we just had because he's he, his whole arc is about Krypton and something going on Krypton or something. And yeah. and I'm like, we just had an arc. We have we're in the middle of an arc based around Krypton. 
is is not the stereotype and is not the thing we joked about Bendis for years at Marvel that he bites off more than he can chew, takes more work than he can than any human could reasonably do, even if he does write months in advance, which sets him apart from most people. Uh, is does it not seem like he's doing this all over again here and now? Does it not seem like this is exactly what happened with his X Men? Doesn't this seem like this is exactly what happened with the Iron Man books and everything else? Yeah, and that's what's really like scaring me because we'll have like that we'll have that mini series and the mini series will probably be really good and then maybe like his first arc on action and Superman will be really good and then it'll just like he'll he'll I don't think he'll get bored because it's Superman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll probably start petering out and just sort of, sort of spin its wheels a little bit. Will Will it be like one of those things where it's like, yeah, Superman's cool and everything, but what about these new Kryptonians yeah. I invented, like like, like his new X Men? Like, yeah, don't don't you love my new X Men? Everybody, remember this blue haired Australian girl who could time travel? Wasn't she great? Well, get, why why are you all walking away? But but what about Hijack? He's a he's a Hispanic youth who has the power to steal cars. Why why are you looking at me weird? <laughs> that's that's the one thing I'm worried about. He's going to start creating characters without realizing that characters like the ones he's creating already exist. Yeah, he has a re- in the last couple of years he's had a real problem with that. Yeah, like I, I'm expecting to see like like basically a Riri Williams of the Superman family and I was just like what about Natasha Irons she's a hero she has an she, Iron Man suit <laughs> she literally exists like look they they should sit him down at that like Jeff Johns and Jim Lee should be like look here's here's Natasha Irons she's basically the character you tried to launch at Marvel <laughs> we we have nothing for her at the moment please run with her <laughs> all the hard work has been done for you Brian you just gotta run with it <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of worried, but yeah, I'm interested to see what he's going to be doing. The thing that worries me where it's like, oh, oh, he's got both now? Yeah, so now that's even... what's really strange. So it's like, oh, so even if you don't like what Bendis is doing on Superman, or on Superman you're stuck with him now? Yeah, and th- okay. that, that's what's really worried me because, like, I've always seen, like, Superman and action as two completely different books. You've got the Superman book, which is all the Superman action, and the action yes. comics book, which is like the Superman family book. Yes, especially in this era, the Superman yeah. book has dealt with the family. His son, especially John, gets real places of prevalence. Lois gets some cool backup stories. Yeah. It's all about the family and where they're living. Where action has been, you know, all about, like, you know, high-flying Superman stories. That's where the Lex stories are. Mm-hmm. That's where the Mr. Oz stuff was. It was all there. And, but, 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 like, here's the thing. I, I'm reminded of when Bendis wrote all new X-Men and Uncanny X-Men. They started off having their own flavors and being very distinct and being on their own for the yeah. first two volumes. Yeah. Then he stopped caring, and then it's just like he just went back and forth between both. He's like, which one am I writing this week? It doesn't fucking matter. Characters will cross over with each other, and they'll go back and forth between books, and I don't even care. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm really worried about. You'll get to that point where it's like, I'm sick of writing this character. I want to write Batman. And then suddenly, mm. like, Batman's in, like, all the action comics and Superman issues and until he the, gets that book. <laughs> again, this might just be, you know, fear-mongering on our side. The hope is that he had a strong enough pitch, and the editorial at DC Comics, especially in the Superman office is strong enough and you know uh forethinking enough to challenge him on these things and be like no brian it doesn't work like this no 
no, this story you wrote months in advance doesn't make sense anymore because of what's happening over here. Got to go back and change it. That's that's the hope. That's another thing that DC is more reliable on continuity than Marvel is, whereas Marvel's These kind of fast and loose. But yeah, yeah, These days they never yeah, used to be. Yeah, but yeah, DC is like, no, this is this is continuity. We need continuity. <laughs> they they haven't really fucked with their continuity yet. They've they've come close to it. There's some stuff in metal that's kind of contradicting some stuff in Doomsday Clock at the moment, but it's also <laughs> a year in advance, so they have time to fix it if they have to. <laughs> but it's it's definitely one of those things. They haven't they've been very ironclad in it, and it's all it's almost like the thing too with DC Rebirth. It's like oh you know we're we're a couple years into this now. You're doing the new Age of Heroes thing. This is this is usually the time in a life cycle where if you're gonna start fucking up, you'll start fucking up around now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, with those new age of heroes, they're just like Marvel heroes. <laughs> which, which, as we joked about in the last episode, where it's like, oh, new age of heroes, these all probably sounded like great ideas before Marvel actually kind of started to course correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it's like, yeah, we'll do our own Fantastic Four and our own X Men. Oh, that probably sounded great before they actually got the rights to Fantastic Four and X-Men and started putting them back the way they were supposed to be. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So did you did you just dump a bunch of time and money into a bunch of books no one's going to want to read? Yeah. Dead to is like, no, oh, it's DCU all over again. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Everything's on fire. Well, here's the thing. New Age of Heroes, they're at least far enough in their own universe and off to the side, even though they are trying to, like, you know, implement them. That if the silencer and damage and like whatever the fuck the other ones are called, immortal men, whatever, if they if they don't succeed, they can be like, and then they went back to the dark universe and they were never seen again. Yeah, well, like the only I read silencer and it's it's Punisher, um, but yeah, it's, it's it's so Punisher they got two guys who used to write and draw Punisher <laughs> War Journal. I'm um I'm the one I'm really looking forward to is the Terrifics because it looks like it's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, Which is ironic because it is obviously a Fantastic Four ripoff. <laughs> exactly. To where it's like, because it's funny, they led with uh, the Terrifics where it's like, yeah, hey, you know, you're not getting the Fantastic Four stories you want anymore. Get a load of this. Now it's like, yeah, but Marvel 2 and 1 is actually pretty good now. And they're actually promising that we are going to get the Fantastic Four stories we want. Yeah. Oh, so d- d- terrifics! <laughs> but but terrifics, we we have metamorpho and plastic man. Oh my God, what did we do? <laughs> Why did we think this was a good, this was a great idea a couple months ago? <laughs> we assumed you would rather have watered down versions of these characters than not get the characters you want at all. <laughs> which which I think if that's the case, and if it goes the way I do, they'll learn a very harsh lesson, and that is people. People don't want characters like the characters they want. They just want the characters they want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's a thing, man, I tell you. But yeah, Bendis, Bendis on Superman. I am cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even if part of me kind of fears where it's like, oh, did, did you guys care more about putting his name on a book than you actually cared about what he wrote? Because you know Bendis DC together on a page is going to be a huge seller just because people need to see that for themselves. Yeah, and now Bendis DC Superman on a page. Yeah. Like, again, that's, that, that's a license to print money. There's no there's no two ways about it. Yeah. I, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's that one, everybody. And with that, uh, I guess we have two choices of how we can proceed. 
You want to take a couple uh, questions, Matt, from the Twitterverse, or do you want to hop right into what we read this week? I would take a couple of questions. That would be a few. Yeah, because yeah. we read very little this week, because very little came out. In fact, I'm only halfway done writing Deathstroke at the moment. Yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll talk about metal as well. Yes, that's a big one. We got metal to talk about. We got uh, Avengers No Surrender to talk about. So there's stuff to talk about. Yeah. Here's the thing I didn't know about Metal. This this was the penultimate issue. I'm like, really? Metal was only six issues? Why did I think it was 12? Yeah, I think it was all the tie-ins. I guess so. We have one more tie-in left to go. We got that uh, Dark Knight of the Wild Hunt. Yeah. Which which I hope it's exactly like The Witcher of the Wild Hunt. I hope there's <laughs> a lot of sex and Norse people in it. <laughs> and I hope there's a po- uh, point where you have to choose between do you want the dark-haired one or the red-headed one? Who's... <laughs> Who is the true Witcher waifu? It's up to you. <laughs> if you say anything other than redhead, you're not, you're not, you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> oh shit! I hope Matt doesn't look at my save file. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, Joel revealed a lot of himself and what he's into. <laughs> uh okay so here's a good one uh right off the bat uh jace hammond asks what's in your uh what's your comic book centerpiece be it a comic statue or autograph that takes center stage in your collection that's really good hmm um i've got a couple i'm pretty proud of i have of course have my signed uh green arrow green lantern oh my ward is a junkie signed by the artist and writer that's pretty cool i've got i've got like a really cool superman figure and i've got like the this big Marvel book that's signed by Stan Lee and a bunch of the artists nice. and stuff. That's good. It's it's funny. He said centerpiece, but it's actually not a centerpiece. It's on the one piece of my wall you can't see. It's like, <laughs> it's like just for me. It's just for me. Uh, I have some other signed works there. Oh, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor signed uh, Harley Quinn number zero for me before that became a big thing. Again, it's not up on any wall. It's hidden away because I think it might actually be worth something. Yeah, I got a um a sealed um graded issue of Batman Superman issue. Nice. I want to say issue. I can't remember what issue. It's issue six. It's the old Jeff Loeb series as well. So ah. The co- cover with like Superman and Shazam and everything fighting on it. That's a pretty good one. People who look at my set wall, too, for when I, like, uh, do the little openings to my comic reviews, uh, I've got, like, a big uh, Game of Thrones replica sword off to the side on a little plaque and everything. That's pretty cool. Nice. It's it, it's a nice little nerdy piece of art decoration off to the side. I've got a bunch of other things there. I think I have some more signed stuff up on there. I have a bunch of original art I've been getting inside the BAM box, actually signed by artists and people. I need to find a way to put those up, but you know I don't I don't want to use tape even though they're in plastic. <laughs> I'm not sure about glue. I got to find something. I got to find a good thing to put it up on the wall to make it look nice, but not you know ruin the wall or the artwork. Yeah, I got original art. I got, like, original art by, like, Nicholas Scott, uh, some Avengers art by, uh, what's the artist's name? Nichols, Adam Nichols. Mm, he's good. Some really cool stuff. Our next question comes from James and Robbins, and he asks, what comic book runs that you each have read have moved you or triggered an emotional response from you? I mean, I I always kind of go back to Punisher Max because, you know, it was so dark and so morose and so cynical. It made me feel like crap, but in the best way. (laughs) It made you not want to go out and do all that bad shit. Absolutely. It's like, man, you know, my life might be rough at the moment, but at least it ain't Punisher Max rough, I tell (laughs) you. 
That's a good one. I'm sure you had some Superman yeah. ones. Uh, yeah, um, the Man of Steel, the original Man of Steel miniseries uh, from mm. the 80s is really good. Birthright, uh, All-Star Superman, really good. Uh, one moment I think people sleep on a lot, uh, near the end of Superior Spider-Man, when Doc Ock finally you know, makes his big like arc as a hero and he knows he can't save Anne Marie, the woman he loves from the Green Goblin, and the only way for her to be rescued is for him to let Peter Parker come back into his body, even though doing so is essentially killing himself, and it's this great moment of like, oh, love makes you a better person, love makes you want to be a hero. Yeah, that yeah, that was a really nice one. The Spirit of Spider-Man is like, yeah, I think it was like the last time I really read Spider-Man, but I collected that whole series. It's very solid, despite all the pissing and moaning. It's like, well, this ended up being really good. And in fact, you could argue, man, this was the last time Slot was really, really good on Spider-Man. And he wasn't even writing Spider-Man. He was writing Doc Ock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's, that, that's the way she goes. Uh, there's another question for us. Oh, this one just came across. You're lucky. Uh, Jared Williams, thoughts on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season? Uh, really solid. I'm an episode behind. Yeah, I, I actually watched the recent episode yesterday, and it was really good. I'm really surprised at, like, just, like, the quality it's been getting over, like, the last, like, two or three seasons. It's just been upping the quality every season. It's a different show from season to season. I feel bad for the people who dropped off on it so early. I feel bad for the people who continue to doubt its quality and the people who are like, oh, this will be the last season. Oh, they're going to cancel it this season. Oh, I can't make it. It's been really good. That's what happens every every time the season ends. They're like, oh, that's the last season. we gotta we got to wait now until the see, see if they cancel it. And then the, the, the shows for the next year start coming out and they're like, oh, it's going to get canceled. It's going to get canceled. And then it doesn't. And the people who all become rating scientists overnight, where it's like, oh, I know the ratings aren't sustainable. Disney's just pumping a bunch yeah. of money in this show for no reason. I'm like, but are they, though? They're making <laughs> good art. Isn't that what should be important? Yeah. It's their network. They can put on whatever they want. What What would you rather have instead? Would you rather have nothing? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just to prove me right, I would rather have nothing. <laughs> then I'll know I'm right, and I'll get a cookie. But yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been solid. It's gone full science fiction in a really interesting way, doing yeah. time travel in some really interesting yeah. ways, too. Time travel in, like, a really cohesive way as well, one that's, like, yeah. where I'm not sitting there like the Flash when the Flash do it, and I'm like, but this happened, and this didn't happen here, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Hey, what happened to the Pied Piper? Shut up. <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, Jose Rilo asks, in preparation for Infinity War, what are your guys' favorite Marvel teaser trailers? And what are your fondest memories looking back at the MCU in a theater before going in? Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, man, I mean, it's kind of hard to pick a favorite Marvel teaser trailer because A, they've all been good, and B, it's like, you know, I think my favorite one is the last one I saw. I just rewatched Black Panther before we started this. <laughs> that was a good one. The, the, the recent Infinity War one is really good. Um, uh, what what teaser trailer do I like? I, li I like the first Iron Man trailer, and I, I like the first cool. Iron Man. Like I remember the first time I went to see that back in two thousand and eight. I had no idea we'd be sitting here, you know, ten years later watching all these characters get together. You you and me both, man. I quite famously went to the theater with a group of friends from high school right after school, and they were all stoked to see Iron Man. They're like, yeah, Iron Man, Iron Man's going to be so great. Aren't you excited for Iron Man? And being a comic book fan, I'm like, it's 
fucking Iron Man. The dude's like <laughs> yeah. a goddamn C-list hero. You actually think this is going to lead to anything? You actually think this is going to start something? Then to be like, wow, that movie was great. And holy fuck, they're threatening Avengers now? And that was Nick Fury? What the good flash forward? And I'm wearing this now, flash forward. <laughs> yeah, wearing an Iron Man jumper. <laughs> and I'm doing this show, so thank you, Iron Man. <laughs> for proving me wrong. <laughs> Never have I been more happy to be more wrong. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, those are those are some really good ones. Uh, next up, we have one here from Kenneth, and uh, ooh, here's an anime themed one: Vegeta, Gohan, or Goku, which is best? Great saying, man. <laughs> oh, fuck. Matt, Matt just blew up this goddamn question. I'm sorry, he's right. Great saying, man, is the correct answer to that question. <laughs> and if not that, then Hercule. I was just about to say the champion of the universe, Hercule. Yeah. Hercule or Mr. Satan, depending on what dub you're watching. <laughs> I mean, Vegeta will always be cooler. Gohan, arguably the show should have been about Gohan at a certain point, but they always needed to come back to Goku. Yeah. And Goku is basically just anime Superman, so yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Only only Superman's a better dad, as we've shown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not as stupid as Goku. <laughs> no, no, he's not nearly as stupid. And it's not like, hey, I gotta go train out in space and everything. Hey, John, how about you go live with reformed Lex Luthor for a little bit, and he can be your dad, and he can train you. How's that sound? Yeah, oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. And then for long stretches of the series, you'll just be wearing a suit that looks like Luthor's. You know, he'll just give you a junior power suit, and you'll just be wearing that. Because <laughs> that's, that's how close. And also, like, you, you'll adopt one of Lex's finishing moves and use that for a good chunk of your career. <laughs> And even, and even in Super, when John Gohan has kids, friggin' Luther will be more of a grandfather to them than me, because why not? <laughs> I'm the greatest fighter ever, though. <laughs> I'm not meant to have children. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, hey, what about Gotenks? What about Gotenks? What about <laughs> yeah, Gotenks? Yeah, I mean, who? What? Who are you talking about? <laughs> Goten, I think you mean Oob, my best friend Oob, who I adopted <laughs> and, and trained for a long time in the hyperbolic time chamber, and then I fucking forgot about him. Uh, God, DBZ is weird. It is. <laughs> Next up, we have a question here from King Claude. If Cap dies in Infinity War, as many people seem to think he will, who should replace him as leader of the Avengers? I mean, Bucky is a strong candidate. Well, Bucky makes the most sense to take up the Captain America mantle because he is actually Steve Rogers' longest living friend. <laughs> Plus, you get to tell more Ed Brubaker era stories with yeah, him. Yeah, and that's awesome. And he get, and he'll get that really cool costume he had, which is mm -hmm. like a big metal shield-looking thing. Yep. Who doesn't love that? Plus, then you can tell a whole series of movies where it's like, ah, oh, you know, am I am I worthy of this position? You know, am I doing Steve well? Would he be proud of me? I have a lot to atone for for the crimes I've committed as Winter Soldier. Exactly. I'll be some good shit. Plus, he could lead the new Avengers with, like, Doctor Strange and Black Panther and Captain Marvel and everything. That'd be pretty cool. That would be fun. Uh, Cody Masters says, thoughts on the John Wick films, and have either of you read uh, the John Wick comic? If so, what was your thoughts? I have read the John Wick comic. You can actually go check out my review on my channel of it. Y'all should do that. I've seen the first John Wick. I saw the second John Wick on a plane and ended up falling asleep and missing, like, half of it. Oh, go, I, go watch it. 
I know. I know he goes to Italy, and I'm assuming everything works out fine yeah. for him after that. He, he goes to Italy, and there's a really cool scene where he goes to the Sabalier, and it's just like it's Peter Stefan Nowick, who is like in charge of like the he's like the gunsmith in Italy, and he's that got like all these guns. Yeah, that I like that part. That's really cool. And, and he's talking about them as if they were food or wine. Yeah, yeah that was good. I yeah. did see that. One. That was pretty good. And there was a sick uh, fight in like the catacombs in in the Vatican or like the Rome catacombs or something. Right. It was right around there. I started dozing off and like waking up to <laughs> gunfire and being like, oh, this, is, "This is something happening." <laughs> To which I'm sure people are like, Jesus Christ, Joel, how tired, how much of a bender were you on that you could fall asleep during that? <laughs> yeah, and the comic's the really good as well. It's written by Greg Pak. Mm, nice, I like him. Yeah. Uh, it's not my favorite. Longtime fan, longtime commenter asking, uh, will either of you be reviewing X-Men Red by Tom Taylor this week? Of course I will be. It's a Tom Taylor book. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt is right in there. Did you even have to ask? Will I be doing it? Honestly, I've sworn off X-Men comics for so long now, and I This will be the good them. one, though, because it's written by Tom Taylor. He actually gives a shit about these characters. <laughs> he does actually give a shit, and his Wolverine is really solid, and she's going to be on this team, too. This definitely looks to be the team to watch, doesn't it? Yeah. I feel like if I am to read that, I should probably read Jean Grey Resurrection first. Yeah, I, I'd probably read it. It's only five issues long, and it's really easy to read. Yeah. Uh, I do have a new series now called The Story So Far, where I look at stories in their completion, kind of give a better uh, overview of them. I did Black Bolt for the first one. Yeah. Which was really fun to do, and the audience response was really popular on it, even if, you know, the views were like, yeah, this did about as well as a Black Bolt book as I thought it would do. Yeah, no, people love that Black Bolt book. They do, as they should. It's very solid. Uh, Alan West asks, thoughts on Cloverfield Paradox? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Joel doesn't know about this, does he? <laughs> no, I know what it is. They like they stealth released the third Cloverfield movie on Netflix after the football game. Yeah, it's actually on Netflix right now as we're doing this show. I'm going to watch it after we're done here. Um, oh, right. I'm really looking forward to it, mainly because it looks like it's the direct sequel to Cloverfield. Oh, the original. Since, yeah, well, in the trailer, yeah, in the trailer, it looks like it's actually going to be set in the same time period as Cloverfield in New York, mm. as well as like there's like space time travel stuff happening as well. Oh shit! Yeah, it looks what's really cool. What's that show? What's that show? Altered Carbon about? It looked very space punk, tech punk. Yeah, and I'm like that looks fun. I've I, I've actually been watching it. It's super good. Uh, it's got the guy who played Rick Flag in Suicide Squad in a role where he can actually act. Um, uh, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, and it's it's really cool. It's yeah, it's like Blade Runner sort of cyberpunk stuff. Really cool concept as well. Have you heard like the concept of it? Not at all. So like people in like the far future have these like things in their necks. So like when they die, that thing gets put in another body, which is called a sleeve, and they oh. they can like basically live again and live forever, basically, and oh, unless that thing is destroyed. And yeah, it's, this thing, it's like a techno sort of like detective story about this guy investigating this other guy's murder. So a lot of Blade Runner influence, a lot of Akira reference yeah. by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's really right. cool. Sounds like my cup of tea. Uh, Mark asks, uh, can you see the new Age of Heroes DC characters crossing over with the DC Universe titles at some point, like Silencer appearing in Batman, Detective Comics, etc., etc.? 
I think that's the point, Mark. Yeah. I think that's what they eventually hope to do. Will they get there? I don't know. As Matt and I have explained in this issue, we are very, or this episode, although I guess you could call this an issue of this show, we are very skeptical of them getting that far when they seem to just essentially be watered-down versions of Marvel characters with little extra dimension added to them. Yeah, I think, yeah, they probably won't get that far now. That will, will probably happen. We'll probably see those characters go away a little bit. Mm. And then, like, when we're least expecting them, they'll, like, come back, but be written uh, differently and better and more thought out and everything. Again, because it's like, we don't know. It's just, like, what we've seen so far of these characters where it's like, oh, you are literally just an imitation. Yeah, that it literally is. The, the damage is literally the Hulk. You are, you are a cover song of a more popular <laughs> song is what you are. Which, hey, sometimes cover songs can be great, and maybe they will be great. We don't know. They're only an issue in. So far, yeah. they're not filling us with hope. Yeah. Uh, Shaman of Animation asks, with Dan Slott leaving uh, the Spider-Man book, who would you like to see take over the title? Personally, he'd like to see Kyle Higgins. Uh, again, I keep saying forever, the hot rumor for the longest time was it was supposed to be Nick Spencer, and I still think the plan is for it to be Nick Spencer. Nick Spencer would be good. Matthew Rosenberg would be good. Oh, yeah, I love Rosenberg. I, I'd say, like, bump Chip Zdarsky up to the book. That's fine, too. Yeah. Again, like, that that other extra Spider-Man book is fine at the moment, but yeah, I, I, I could see that happening. Yeah, but Nick Spencer seems to be the one who might be getting it. Yeah, that's the rumor. It's funny, uh, after Secret Empire finished up, he's been radio silent, Nick Spencer, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got something coming, I reckon. Which makes me think, I'm like, please tell me you were radio silent because you were working really hard on hammering out what your Spider-Man run is going to be. <laughs> and please promise me at some point the superior foes of Spider-Man will show up. Oh, you, you know they will. You know that he, <laughs> he wrote that book, and that book's really popular, so... Can't, can't have them in the first arc, but arc two, you better believe... <laughs> They're they're coming. They're coming. You better believe it. <laughs> you know, I'm always kind of sad about that. I'm like, oh, Nick Spencer's taking over Spider-Man. That means when Ant-Man and Wasp comes out, he won't be able to write more Scott Lang Ant-Man because that was also excellent. <laughs> All right, we got one more question here. Uh, oh, we asked this one. Uh, Kyle Stevenson asked, thoughts on Ben just doing Superman in action comics? Yeah, we answered that. Yeah, kind of, kind of, uh, I don't know. Yeah, could could go either way at this point. Uh, oh, here's here's a nice little segue question that'll take us into what we read this week, and because we didn't read much, we'll probably end the show at that point. But uh, Jacob asks, uh, what do you think about how crazy Dark Knight's metal is getting? Mm. Or sorry, that was Kyle who asked that. Jacob was under him. It it's getting pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. As I said before, I I'm shocked that it's ending. Now, I guess I mistook it for all the different times they had, and they had so many, but most of them were really well done. Yeah, 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 and, um, yeah, this this penultimate issue kind of, like, sort of took all the stakes up, like, a couple of rungs on the ladder, and... Even and, uh, higher, if that was even possible. Yeah, I didn't even think that was possible, and, yeah, it's all it's all up to Wonder Woman and Lady Darkhawk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like like literally the end of every Dark Knight's metal issue so far has been like you know oh they're they're fucked they're so fucked and then at the end of this one no now they're fucked yeah now they're fucked because not only are they dealing with the the like the Dark Knights they also dealing with like other other incarnations of other heroes from the Dark Universe so like Dark 
Wonder Woman's Dark, mm. Doctor Fates, and all that sort of shit. I I love the looks for the Dark Wonder Woman. There, it's like, oh, what if she became Cheetah? What if she had magic powers like Cersei the Sorceress? Yeah, yeah, they're really cool, and I'm really interested. I hope we get to see in that last issue and in Wild Hunt more of those characters. Yeah, that would uh, that would be nice because it's like, man, feels like you have even more stories you could tell just about all of these <laughs> characters now. Yeah. I want to know what what brought us to that situation yeah. where this became a thing. Yeah, and the the thing is, they're like, oh, but we are. It's called New Age of Heroes. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Martian Manhunter came back from like his year and a half absence. Yeah, and I don't know how to feel about like the reasoning like he's just like oh i was on thanagar prime the whole time it, investigating yes this i thought that was uh, that was pretty funny i i john jones knew how serious this was going to be and as such went deep undercover to yeah. spy on the hawk people <laughs> and it's not even the thing i'm really surprised though is they didn't say like batman made him do it i was like if they did that i'd be like yeah. fuck off yeah. Batman told me to do it, and I jumped because I'm Martian Manhunter, and I have no self-determination of my own. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I will take a lame reason over no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's fucking back, everyone. He'll be back just in time to be part of Scott Snyder's Justice League team. He's going to be actually part of the Justice League team because we've seen like yeah. pictures and stuff of like events that happen after that. And uh, yep. obviously Superman's got his trunks back, but also, like, Cyborg's yep. no longer on the Justice League and Martian Manhunter's taking his spot. Mm, interesting. Maybe, maybe Which, Cyborg will be back on the Titans. <laughs> well, hey, apparently in that Flash annual from this week, they do a little flashback to Wally's time, and they clearly show that Cyborg was on the Teen Titans. <laughs> so maybe they're finally ready to give up the ghost on that, where they're like, look, no one liked the Justice League movie. We did this in a lot of reasons to prime the pump for the justice league movie no one cares just put him back on the teen titans yeah which fine if it took you five years to come to that point fine yeah just do just do the thing and make the thing look like the way i like it <laughs> which makes me wonder too i'm like wait but you also seem to have developed this teen titan show for your app without cyborg in mind does that mean we're not going to see cyborg show up in that show at least not for the first season yeah, well, you know, look at his CGI in the movie, and they, they no way they're going to be doing that on TV. Or, no. or not, on, not even on TV, on like a web app. <laughs> that's, that's fine. We'll just duct tape a bunch of cheese graters to them. <laughs> I'm Cyborg, can't you tell? They'll, just do the small, they'll do the Smallville Victor Stone, where all the Cyborg stuff was on the inside, so the actor didn't have to wear any oh, prosthetics. <laughs> there you go. With my cheese graterium armor... <laughs> I am the finest cyborg in all the land. <laughs> he just, you know, they do they repurpose an old Tin Man costume from like the Wizard <laughs> of Oz, and they just stick an actor yeah. in that. Yeah, and they're like, oh, the actor died from like inhaling lead paint. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Eighty-year-old <laughs> oh. lead paint. <laughs> Damn it! Knew we should have got a new costume. <laughs> Maybe next season. <laughs> uh, we'll just CGI out the costume like we did with Henry Cavill's upper lip. Oh, there you go. I mean, he can't look any worse than Red Tornado, right? As far as, like, live-action robots. <laughs> uh, if I only had a brain. <laughs> Man, Wizard of Oz still holds up super good. Like, you watch that movie, and you're like, really, they made this movie in the fucking 30s? Doesn't look that way. 
But yeah, what uh, what else came out this week? I guess we talked about metal for a little bit. I guess we can talk about uh, Avengers No Surrender. Yeah, Avengers No Surrender again, like an issue that kind of had all this action, and we 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 got a little bit more of the rules explained. Like we know it's yeah, definitely yeah. some type of game involving like those pyramid thingies. Mm-hmm. And if you touch them, you die sometimes. Yeah, apparently, but it's going to be interesting to see like if Johnny Storm actually dies. I know he won't because the pyramid he touched was a fire pyramid. And what, when is this story? Is this story meant to be set before uh, Marvel Two and One? I don't know. Because if it's set before it, it would explain why he's dying. Yeah, because his powers are like going in and out, and we haven't quite gotten to that point in Marvel Two and One. Why that's the case? Good, yeah. good, good eyes, Matt. Well spotted. Yeah, because that was a fire thing, so maybe that like sucks his fire power or something. Possibly. We uh we got some more insight into the the Challenger, which is the name they've given the dude who is challenging the Grandmaster for some reason. It's great because he talks shit about Grandmaster's choice of picking the Lethal Legion. Where he's like, why would you pick all these space losers to be on your team? All these mercenaries and pirates. These guys all suck. They can't hold a candle to the Black Order. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. He's like talking mad shit about him. <laughs> Again, it's like a fighting game where it's like, oh, you know, these guys are so not tournament app. These guys are so not on the top end of fight hubs, dude. Yeah, and also, like, obviously, we we kind of got, like, glimpses of him. Yeah. Um, we know it's obviously not Thanos or... Not Thanos. You know, or Kang. No, which is good. Because I know a lot of people were afraid of that. They're like, it's Mark Wade. It's going to be some version of Kang from another point in time. Because yeah. this dude has a big boner for Kang recently. But um, what, what what's really interesting, and I'll ask you this as well, but like the way he was talking, the way Grandmaster was talking, it, it sounded like he might have been from like another dimension or like reality. Yeah. Because they mentioned like realities and stuff. So maybe he's from some other Earth. He definitely sounded like he wasn't from around there. Yeah. What if it's victory? Well, again, that that would be some shit, too, because clearly they made a point to be like, no, victory is important, everyone. Yeah, yeah. That would definitely be cool. It's funny, you know, the thing about Avengers No Surrender, people people are getting so mad about Voyager, even still, and she hasn't even really been in the last couple issues. And they're like, oh, I'm so sick of them, you know, pushing Voyager down our throat and making us like her. I'm like, dude, she's barely been in the book. Why <laughs> are you are reading, like, something I've not been reading? She, yeah, she, yeah, and when she's been in the book, she's been, like, like the transport for the team. Yeah. Like, transporting them around, that's it. Is, is this how cynical you are about new characters now that even one shows up? Furthermore, I don't think they're trying to make us like her at all. I think four mm. issues in, and I think we're still supposed to be super suspicious of her. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it just boils down to like it being like new hero vagina person. Yeah, I don't like new hero vagina person. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, guys, they did this with Blue Marvel and Sentry already. Did you not remember that? No, because I have a very short memory. <laughs> I I can only be mad about the things that are happening right now. Those people weren't reading comics then. No, probably not. That's the that's the thing about working online and reading comments. You can't tell. Where it's like, are you thirteen? Are you thirteen person right now? Am I really gonna get mad and debate and give uh, info dump to a thirteen year old? Because if so, I'll just stop. <laughs> 
That should that should be a new rule in my new world order. Everyone's age should just float above their head. Yeah, yeah. Like a Sims like diamond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their age should just float above their head at all times so you know who you're dealing with and <laughs> how you should uh how you should broach that situation. <laughs> yeah, Avengers No Surrender, pretty fun, mostly an action packed issue. The last couple have been. I'm interested for them to start doubling down again and doing some more story stuff. Yeah, well, I think, like, the next issue they tease me might actually learn who the challenger is, or, like, have, a, have like, a big piece of his identity revealed. Yeah, he's on the cover, right? I think I saw that. He's either on the cover or, like, the whole story is about who he is. Right. I'm down for that. Yeah. I'm super down for that. So, uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? Anything worth noting? Um, uh, I had the JLA Doom Patrol special. <laughs> Oh, yes, Milk Wars. Yes, Milk Wars, and it was just as insane as I thought it was going to be. It was, That's good. It was, it, was, it was bonkers, but I understood what was happening. I don't read any of the Young Animal stuff, so I was kind of afraid no. I wouldn't know what was happening, but totally understood, and the whole deal is there's this company called Retcon from the Young Animal books. Uh, and get it, Retcons. Yes. Yeah, they the, make Retcons. <laughs> they do. That's the thing. They, they deal in reality estate. Oh, so, nice. And they're trying to sell Earth Prime land to <laughs> uh, this guy called Magna Con. He's like this this evil, evil villain guy. And they're trying to convince him to buy Happy Harbor, which they've started changing. And oh. and um, they what they've done is they basically boiled down what justice is like from like Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman into this milk, which they feed people. And it, <laughs> it, it turns these people towards their form of justice and makes and it's all like like 50s nostalgia sort of thing right, like of the, the superman and analog is milkman man who's literally nice. like a milkman who force feeds these people the milk and <laughs> they've changed the jla they attack the jla and change them all into <laughs> the community league of rhode island <laughs> and they're all like they're all Good like job. like 50 like like Lobo's turned into like this neighborhood watch guy called Carl Lobo who wears like a sweater and his pipe and everything and okay you're selling me on this <laughs> it's so it's so cool and um the Doom Patrol obviously knows something fucky is going on here so they go and investigate and they get into a big fight fucky things are their wheelhouse yeah they, they get into a big fight they eventually change the league back into who they are and um people who read Doom Patrol will understand this more but the uh, one of the, I guess, like the leader of the Doom Patrol, Space Case, um, finds out that Milkman Man was her son. Oh. And but yeah, she, she, I had to look it up. She apparently like gave birth to someone, but it was nothing. She like gave birth to nothingness, and Retcon right. somehow got hold of that and ma- melded it into Milkman Man. It's so fucking weird. Yep, that sounds about right. And I'm like, that's so weird, but I'm interested. I'm gonna keep reading these books. <laughs> And then Cave Carson also, turns up at the end and is like, eh, something's fucky going on. Come help Swamp Thing and me. <laughs> right, because it's all of these different weird young animal books together. Yeah, and, yeah. Am, am I wrong? Because I saw everyone tweeting about it this week. Did Flex Mentalo show up in this? Yeah, yeah. He's a member of the Doom Patrol. Oh, shit. He's actually a member now. See, that's yeah. how far I, I haven't been reading. But, oh, he's an actual member now. That's awesome. Yeah, he's just running around and he's, you know, uh, leopard skin mankini thingy yep 
But Flex Mentolo so named because that's what uh, Grant Morrison at that age thought a cool superhero name would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's so crazy, and I'm really interested. There's one more part to this event, and then there's like the the offshoots, the like Batman and shade the changing girl whatever it is and all that sort of stuff happening but yeah it's really interesting yeah to, to dc's credit again we were talking about our like apprehension in new age of heroes it seems like a uh, young animal has actually found its footing and actually kind of knows what it wants to be and where it's going because it's so weird and different i think that helps unlike yeah. new age of heroes where it's like oh this isn't new and different this is just a slightly toned down version of what i already know and what i'm already used to yeah like i, I have no idea what the hell was going on in young animal but now i really want to find out if they if they ever made like like just a, a book about retcon that would be amazing that the whole concept of retcon intrigues me yeah it's a cool idea to be like yeah there's actually a serious like thing that exists that doles out recon or retcon. <laughs> Drink your retcon juice, everybody. <laughs> uh, what else did I have this week? I I had so fucking little this week. Did you read? Did you read the Flash Wall prelude? No, I didn't. But I did see that page there with the uh with the flashback to be like, hey, everyone, uh, maybe Ty- or maybe Cyborg was on the Titans. Yeah, yeah. Though is a is a pretty good prologue i'm just trying to wonder why it's out this early the event is still three months away god i gotta get you excited for it yeah but by the time we that cut rolls around people will be like oh yeah that's an event (laughs) i forgot what happened oh wait i did read detective comics annual this week yeah that was like a um that was like origin of like clayface wasn't it yeah, like a redo of his origins, like a Clayface secret origin. Uh, it was solid, very sad and depressing. Yeah. I, I would say it's a shoo-in for feel-bad comic of the year. <laughs> they, they actually do a really good job molding a bunch of different stuff from like Basil Carlo's old original Golden Age incarnation and kind of updating it for modern times. If anything, they kind of divorce him from like Matt Hagen and class, uh, Cassius whatever and all the other people who have been Clayfaces. To be like, no, there was only one, and it was only Basil. That's good. I, I like that they've put some time into, like, updating his origin. And, like, yeah. they could have easily just left him and be like, eh, no one cares. But, like, no, we care about this character, and we're going to make people care about him. Clayface is so interesting because, it's like, everyone knows Clayface. Everyone knows that he is, like, you know, one of the big guns for Batman villains. But even, like, the most hardcore Batman fans, like, you know there's been, like, seven, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basil was the first one. Then you have Matt Hagen, which the only reason I think people know Matt Hagen was because in Batman the Animated Series, they fused Basil Carlo and Matt Hagen together and made them one character. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, yeah, they had one that was a treasure hunter, one that was a cop. There was a lady clay mm-hmm. face. There, I can understand why James Tynan was like, you know what? No more, no pun intended, muddying the waters. There's been one clay face and it's been Basil. Mm-hmm. I think that woman Clayface is going to come out soon because she was mentioned in uh, Doomsday Clock issue three. Oh really? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. Uh, well, no, I'm not talking about Mudface. I'm talking about there was a actual Lady Clayface. Okay. What was it? Mudface who was mentioned in it? But Mudface was uh, Basil's girlfriend who got the shit spilled on her and ended up joining the vin- uh, victim syndicate. Okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Glory Griffin. Oh, it was another one. It was someone. Okay, I, I'd have to look up my issue. It's in my in my stack at the moment. But yeah, and they mentioned someone. 
Maybe it was the actual Lady Clayface. Uh, what's cool about it is that in his redone origin, Basil talks about how uh, he he turned down like a big summer blockbuster because he wanted to do like this weird niche horror movie wherein a special effects guru goes around and kills all the young actors who are doing a remake of one of his classic films. Yeah, yeah. That's That was Basil Carlo's original origin in the comics. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, nice, nice putting it all together. They even mentioned the Daggett Corporation and the Renew Cream and everything. Yeah, yeah. So we get a lot of nice little references up in there. But yeah, that one that one was good, and like, it very well could be the last word they write on Basil Carlo Clayface, because we don't exactly know if he's alive or dead at the moment in Detective Comics. No, no, we don't. <laughs> no, literally la- last week or two weeks ago now, the final image we saw of him was catching a bullet in the head from Batwoman. <laughs> And it's like, well, that might be the end of him. Time time for a recruitment drive for this team. Yep, yep. And if that is the last thing we read on him, then you know what? Good good on him, because that was, like, very, very well done. It was, it was. I, I really like what they did with Clayface in this book. They made you care. They made him sympathetic. They made you feel bad for him, and that's really the most you can do. Yep. And it's funny, like, this annual even tied in very close to that, because, like, his dad kept saying, you know, don't don't let them see your monster, son. Don't let them see, you know, all the bad stuff you keep deep inside. <laughs> which is what he did, which is why they shot him. <laughs> <laughs> so, oops. Uh, what else did we have? I, I had Invincible Iron Man this week, too, but it's barely worth talking about anymore. It's not. It's not. <laughs> It's really, it's really not. Like, again, I I joked a couple weeks ago to you, Matt, where it's like, man, this book feels like Brian Michael Bendis took all of, like, his story notes, he took all of, like, his sticky notes and all of, like, his scribblings on bar napkins for story ideas, and then he's just like, oh, what's that? I'm being hired by DC. Well, tell you what, artist, here's all my notes. You figure it out. (laughs) It literally feels like that, that he just handed it out, and it really felt like that in this issue because literally during the infamous Iron Man portions of it, there's like little uh, like little boxes, like the whole thing was supposed to have no dialogue but there's a bunch of little like uh, dialogue boxes and it is written totally like a script where it's like, oh and you know uh, infamous Iron Man w- wields up to punch the bad guys because he's so cool and so tough and I'm like, oh they need to actually put context in this scene because Ben just didn't write any context for it <laughs> Oh, Dude. God. It's like they just printed his notes. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's probably depressing. what they... Like, oh, fuck, he's gone. What What do we do now? Uh, well, he left this, notes. like, bag of notes next to the bin. <laughs> <laughs> it's even worse because it's like, okay, so Tony Stark has technically been back since this story started. He's just been lying on the ground this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How many issues? Like, four issues? He's just been lying yes. there? <laughs> Too weak to move. He's hallucinating people from his past. And this week he hallucinates his dad who apparently he's mad at for not telling him he was adopted. And all I can think is like, oh my god, are we still are we still on this Karen Gillan shit? Yes. Where he was yes. adopted yes, and his and his fucking brother Arno Stark who hasn't been seen in forever cuz apparently we forgot about him. Yeah, no, yeah, he hasn't been seen. Was he in like Secret Wars? Nope. No. Well, he might have been he, he might have been in one of the like Secret Wars tie-ins. Okay. But no, I yeah, I think that was the last time we saw him. He just he just flew away. Yeah, no one gave a shit about him. 
nope, no one gave a shit about that Gillen run at all, and, like, he invented all this new shit. I'm like, I'm surprised Ben just didn't junk all of this. Why Why have everything he's chosen to go, on, go back to, he's gone back to this? Well, you see, that was, like, the, the, he knew he was on his way out. and like, I don't want to write anything. I'll just, like, like, dredge up this shit no one gives a shit about. Well, it's even funnier because, like, Tony's on the ground. He's like, you never told me I was adopted and blah, 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 and my new mom and, you know, my old mom, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, even his hallucinations, like, are you really still upset about this? That happened in International Iron Man, man. That was a totally different book than this. Why Why is this now the main thing you're upset about? <laughs> it's a, it's funny, too. The, the one, like, actually kind of interesting thing about it is that they repossess riri's iron man tech because you know she was like fighting them forever because it's like oh well you technically built that with stark material so it doesn't belong to you and if you don't give it back we'll fuck up your mom's house and we'll fuck up this neighborhood and she's like fine take my goddamn suit take my blood if you want and she's going through like that moment that all superheroes go through that like spider-man no more moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she calls up a college and she's like yeah hey i'm ready to accept your and then blade comes in and says hang up the phone Whatever you're doing, I promise what I'm going to pitch you is way better. Oh, God. Blade, you know, he's just been hiding out in that Spirits of Vengeance book that got cancelled. And then, yeah, just... What what has he got to fucking do? Remember me? Remember Blade? What the fuck has Blade got to do? How is Blade involved in this? I don't (laughs) know. How are vampires? How are vampires involved? I don't well, see, know. See, the vampires, are, they're in the, the, the Stark Industries board, and uh, that literally is a vampire. And... Man, if that's the twist, that literally the reason the Stark board of directors are evil and stupid is because they're vampires, I'm going to be like, you know what? You kind of saved it. <laughs> yeah, it just goes board of the wars, like, insane. It's like, this is so stupid, it's awesome. <laughs> They, you know, they've been vampires all along. That's why. That's that's why they wanted Tony out. That's why they wanted all this. this yeah, and and they, yeah, they, they they want the suit back so they can make anti-blade armor and, and be vampires yes. in, in Iron Man armor. <laughs> yeah, you see, they they want the armor tech so they can cover their hearts with it and put like <laughs> anti-sun blocking rays in it so Blade can't stab them in the heart. <laughs> Oh, it'd be God. funny if Blade it'd be funny if Blade 2 was like hey you know I was supposed to have a daughter and a whole new solo series but that got can't would you like to be my new adopted daughter now Riri <laughs> this is the point they've run out of all the Bender stuff it's like okay what else is in the bin oh there's Blade stories oh just, just fit it in just fit it in <laughs> yeah hey we have this uh, Tim Seeley pitch for Blade that we got really scared about and never actually ended up making okay let's do that then <laughs> <laughs> It's even worse is that they've already come out and said it, Tony's Iron Man again in issue 599. Wait till issue 599. Yeah, so like you might as well just like not read anymore until that issue. Because the book is doing nothing. It, it is spinning its wheels. It's not doing anything. And that's a shame. Because if you remember, if you go back to those original issues, you and I were a booster of this. We're like, yeah, hey, this is pretty fun. This is pretty interesting. You know, Bendis is making a point of being like, yes, this character was thrown into the thick of it too early. And, you know, it's a sink or swim thing. You know, they kind of did an Incredibles deal where it's like, oh, you know, if Tony was a kid in this day and age and if he was really smart, you know, they don't really uh, let smart kids succeed all that much. They're always trying to dumb them down and everything. And then it went off the fucking reservation and it never came back. Yeah, like the only thing that's really kind of like possible about these books is like the little infamous Iron Man portions you get. And even that have gone downhill in a huge way. Even that's like like spinning its wheels. (laughs) 
like literally there's a point in this issue where it's like oh no victor was touched by the corruptor will he become evil again no yeah. uh -huh. okay then and then the hood shoots the corruptor because victor made him do it how did he make him do it uh -huh. yeah it just disappears <laughs> He just did it. Boop. <laughs> boop. <laughs> just Victor Von Doom becomes Archer. Hey, boop. <laughs> boop for you, the hood. Oh, God. But yeah, that's that's Invincible Iron Man. It's it's not great. It's not. It's Yeah, it's terrible. It's probably going to get better once Dan Slott gets on the book. When's he coming that's in? The... Is he on 600? I think, he, I think it's 600. Yes, I think 600 is him. Okay, okay. Which I bet I bet Marvel never thought they'd hear people saying that. Please save us, Dan Slot. You're our only hope. I can't wait till Dan Slot takes over this book. Oh God. Dan Slot had an amazing tweet. God, I love that man. Sometimes where he's talking about uh, uh, fans' fears for him taking over the book, where they're like, "Oh no, is he gonna have like the Mandarin hop inside Tony's body for like 30 issues, and is that gonna be the thing?" To which Dan Slott says, now, now, children, come on, give me some credit. I'm not going to use old tricks to make you hate this book. I'm going to come up with whole brand new tricks to make you hate this book. <laughs> and I'm like, God, that's why you're a writer, man. Yeah, I, lo I love his Twitter so much. It's so good. <laughs> it's it's a must follow for any comic book fan. It's it's wonderful. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> It's wonderful. He he's also one of the guys too. Where it's like, you know, well, Dan Slott is is mean to people on Twitter. I'm like, only when people are being shitty to him. <laughs> yeah, he has every right to be. <laughs> uh, again, like, what's this thing? Like, what? Just because you're a creator, just because you work online, you have to internalize all the abuse and take it with good charm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's insane. C clearly, these people never heard of the old Irish adage: uh, "Talk shit, get hit, son." Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, I think a lot of people are like they're kind of angry because he actually responds to them and like doesn't yeah. like like roll over to them. He's like, "No, fuck you." Yeah, it's like, hey, you weren't supposed to respond to me. You were just <laughs> yeah. supposed to absorb my abuse. <laughs> yeah, what Sorry. the fuck, man? <laughs> also, not only did you respond to me, but you totally burned me. <laughs> Again, don't go to don't fight a creative writer in a war of words. Seriously. <laughs> that that is literally bringing a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> uh, but yeah, did, did you read anything else? Because that's basically everything I have this week. Yeah, no, I'm just playing catch up on some of the books I've got at the moment. Yeah, same here. I uh, I read half of Deathstroke and half of Deathstroke Annual is fucking nuts. <laughs> so Defiance, his good guy team, is breaking up as it had to. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, if you've seen the next Batman versus Deathstroke thing, he's back in his old costume. Yeah, but it's interesting. The reason it broke up, it broke up due to no fault of Deathstroke himself. It's just all the team members were super volatile <laughs> because it was his family and these wayward teens and everything. And it's like, yeah, of course, that's why it would break up. Yeah. Hilariously, uh, Christopher Priest, because he brought back a uh, Power Girl, like the second Power Girl, Power Girl Two. Mm -hmm to be part of the team she kind of fucks it up hilariously because she's like you know oh i i, I don't really like uh, hanging out with jericho if he's going to bring his gay lovers over to the uh what is it to the to the hide i'm like oh you bitch <laughs> and she says that to his mom and the mom adelaide is like you bitch hey <laughs> that's my son b go fuck yourself that makes you uncomfortable but you're fine with deathstroke killing people and uh, toppling regimes just so you guys can have missions and she's like oh no i didn't know about that 
And then she like throws herself at Wally too, because it's like she actually had a crush on Jericho, and the reason she's saying that is because she didn't know he was gay, and that's why she's all upset. <laughs> and so she throws herself on Wally too, and Wally's like, whoa, 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 I'm going back to join the Teen Titans now. <laughs> like, like they invited me back, so I can try and put in a good word for you. And he does, and Damien's like, nope, fuck her, fuck Skeeter, fuck Bunker, fuck all those other Labdell-era characters. <laughs> yeah, Damien only wants John on the team. <laughs> yeah, I only want my best friend John, who I love more than the rest of you, Judas. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Damien doesn't even like the people who are on this team. And it's funny, I guess Christopher Priest is, like, setting the seeds for that Batman versus Deathstroke thing, because Wally comes back to the Titans. And he's like, Jesus Christ, Deathstroke and Damien are more alike than they're not. They're both dictators, but at least I had more freedom with Deathstroke. <laughs> Deathstroke was a hands-off dictator. Damien <laughs> is a very hands-on dictator. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, that was fun and slightly interesting. And, and by the end, it's literally just Deathstroke and Terra. Okay. And Deathstroke's like, this is fucking awkward. And Tara, Tara, there's literally a line where Tara goes, hey, I'm legal now. And he's like, stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, Destro doesn't like hearing that. <laughs> no, he does. That, that's my least favorite thing. To <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't work for Slade when you say And it's even more fucked up because Tara's on the team because his wife invited her to be on the oh, team. Jesus Christ. To get to him and to, like, fuck him up. And Destro's like, mm -mm, I know what you two are up to. You're trying to fuck me up, but that ain't going to work. <laughs> And I'm like, God damn, this book is so weird and so dark and so adult, and it takes on an even another dimension when you're like, Christopher Priest is an actual priest. He's an ordained priest, and he's writing this. <laughs> it's like this is this is how Christopher Priest gets his own evil and sins out by writing these horrible, <laughs> irredeemable characters. <laughs> like, everyone is hateful, everyone's a monster, and I haven't even gotten to the end of it yet either, but... I think he's implying that the original Power Girl might be coming back and using Power Girl 2 as a vessel. Really? Yeah, that she might be breaking back in from her universe. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, there's also some unresolved shit with, like, the Superman of China, Kong Keenan, because, like, Deathstroke's a wanted man in China, and they've sent him to go collect him. Yeah, he Deathstroke was responsible for killing that Emperor Superman. Oops. Yeah, and, yeah, and he attacked, like, Dr. Omen and all that sort of stuff. So, well, yeah. then, then he, that him and the rest of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> well, then that makes sense then as to why he would have a bone to pick with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was Deathstroke from this week, everyone. And I guess that's the show, everyone. This was kind of a different one, not a lot of news, but thank you, everyone, who put some questions in there. You really helped make this one. It's always fun to do that. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good, good episode. Yeah, Any uh, anything else coming out throughout the week, Matt, that you would like to tell people about? Uh, no, just doing comic reviews and everything. I just I just hit uh, 4,000 subscribers on my channel, so thank, thank you everyone for that. I have been seeing a lot of new people, so yes, That's thank you for that. Uh, actually, you know, I'm, I'm a little past 16,000 now. If I keep going at this rate, I'll hit 20 soon. Should we do something for the Cape Joel channel and Comic Multiverse for 20? I think we should. Yeah, I think we should. If I did, like, a live stream, we'd have to figure it out to how to get you in. Because I would think, you know, it would be cool if we just, like, read fan mail and shit. That'd be pretty cool, yeah. Did stream, you know, we could take uh, fan questions. We could play a game or something. I know people liked it when we pitched that Gambit thing. We should do something similar. We should be like, okay, let's let's write something. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, hey, speaking of Gambit, uh, again, I forgot to put this down because it just, it, that's how little it mattered. Uh, the, the Gambit movie's dead, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like they took it out back and shot it. 
<laughs> You're not gonna feel any more pain anymore, boy. <laughs> I I'd like to think it's our pitch that finally killed it, because again, we pitched it and then a couple weeks later it died. Yeah, I like to think that, that's way better than what we had. Just just kill it. Yeah. Just kill it. <laughs> I like to think they heard our pitch, Matt. It made it to like the offices at Fox and they're like, Oh, well that isn't even half as good as what we're writing. <laughs> Shut it down, boy, shut it all down, set fire to the set, let let Channing Tatum back into the wild. <laughs> yeah, just release him out the back of the studio. <laughs> Into the, just, into the woods <laughs> they've had him chained there for months no you, you know what i would love that kill there was like okay channing we keep we keep delaying this movie man so you can get that creole accent working how how is it, it my name is gambit my name is oh, god damn it my name is gambit he can't he can't do whatever he channing tatum cannot do accents it's just impossible. Why did we agree to make this? Again, just strike it all. Strike it all. Fire the interns. You just see people like stealing from craft services, just jamming everything <laughs> in their pockets. Oh, fuck. And thus ends that. So, uh, yeah, that's the show, everybody. <laughs> Can't say we shortchanged you on this one, everybody. Can't say you didn't get exactly what was on the tin. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Also, thank you for 86 episodes. We're nearing, we're nearing 100. So I wonder, will we hit? Will I hit 20k on my channel first, or will we hit 100 episodes first? Ooh, we're we're, we're on episode 86. Mm. We'll probably hit 100 episodes, unless I purposely stall it by throwing some commentary in there, <laughs> which which I almost did for this week when nothing was happening. I'm like, fuck, is it too late to do a commentary? <laughs> <laughs> We actually, hey, we actually have a special commentary we want in mind. We want to do that new Power Rangers movie because it's been sitting around there, but we want to get some special guests for it. But once we get that in order, we're going to do that. Yeah. So don't be surprised if some old faces uh, show up to talk Power Ranger shop. Yeah. And with that, everyone, that's the Comic Multiverse for the week. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. Check Matt and myself out on Twitter so you always know what's coming out next. If you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this first, both in audio and in video form. Although I'll actually be a little late this week because we had a bit of a tech fuck-up. But <laughs> once that's settled, you'll get it. <laughs> and uh, you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, and it really helps me and Matt out. So with that out of the way, everyone, I have been Joel. I'm Matt. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.